Welcome into the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. Now, Kevin Ray. Welcome into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I am your host, and I'm here with executive producer and co-host extraordinaire Mark Griffith. We want to thank you guys for stepping into the Housing Hour today, and hopefully we can add some value to your day. And um, we want to tell you how to plug in with us. Number one, our place of uh, kind of where you can go to get all of the information is thehousinghour.com. That is where the treasure trove of information is. That's where you can find our shows, our past shows, and share those with friends and family. We'd love for you to go there and share our shows, and all of our last series that we've completed are there. Um, And also, um, you can check us out on uh, all of the social media networks. You can find us on uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash thehousinghour. We're on Twitter as well. So check us out there. We'd love for you to go and like our page and just get involved with us um, as much as you like. And today, we're very excited about having a very special guest with us today. We have from Mortgage Investors Group, Kathy Newbert, who is the Senior Vice President of Operations, Director of Operations, in studio with us. Kathy, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Kevin. Great to be with you today. Well, we're excited to have you. Thank you so much. And, you know, Mortgage Investors Group over the last 26 years has really made it its priority to um, help our industry kind of partners understand what's out there, what's going on. And we we try to do that by communication, by having training, by getting the word out there and just interaction in general. And so today we're gonna spend some time talking about something that's coming on October 3rd, and that is TRID. And you might ask, what does TRID stand for? It stands for TILA RESPA Integrated Disclosure Rule. It's a new rule that we are being charged to um, implement on October 3rd, which changes how it is that we um, disclose our uh, stuff to our borrowers. It also changes how the closing is handled. And we're gonna talk about that today. That's what we're gonna tackle. But before we do, who might be interested in hearing this? Well, number one, it's gonna be a very important show for realtors. Realtors obviously are in the loop when it comes to your real estate closing. So we're gonna to try to unpack some of the things that they will want to know and help them to um, understand all of the different changes. And it's important that you realize that these things that are changing happen across the board. So it's not just Mortgage Investors Group, it's not just any other bank or mortgage company, it's across the board. But Kathy, why don't we start here? Because I think this is a good um, startup starting point. With what's happening with all the changes that are going on, could you just give us kind of an idea of why you feel that this change is occurring and, and what does it really mean? When we change these rules, give us a 30,000 foot view of what's going on here. Well, uh, Kevin, I think that the objective with this regulation was to help the consumer have more information, mm-hmm. better information about the financial obligations that they're about to undertake when they buy a home. Because after all, buying a home is typically the largest financial step that any customer, any consumer will take in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. So it's very, very important. And in 2008, we know that there was a bit of a mortgage crunch, and out of that came the Dodd-Frank rule mm-hmm. and law that uh, was the beginning of all of these various consumer regulations to help the consumer have better information. Mm-hmm. Um, 
then was created the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau for that very purpose, just like their name says. Mm -hmm. And from that, we've received these rules that you've just described. And Mm -hmm. I hope we can talk some more about it today and maybe help some people understand how they can benefit from it. Absolutely. And I I think that that's a very good point. This is ultimately to protect the consumer. This is not something that that they're doing to make us have to do more work. Mark, Mm -hmm. you're in the front lines in there, right? So how do you guys feel about it? This isn't isn't something to hurt you guys. Well, it's not to hurt. It's to help. And, And, you know, uh, our philosophy has always been uh, the leader of our company, Chrissy Ray and Chuck Tonkin, have always taken the position that we are supposed to uh, benefit uh, our customers with information and to help them through the process. And this is going to streamline some things, uh, help them focus on the important aspects of closing, and make it more understandable. And um, and make a smoother process. So how how can you fault it? Mm -hmm. Um, It's going to be a little bit tougher for us. We've spent a a whole year preparing for this, Mm -hmm. but we're ready. Or (laughs) longer. Or longer. But we're ready. Yeah. I mean, we've done our due diligence on it, and I think we're ready to roll it out. Now, before we get into some of the finer points, Kathy, um, you know, you talked about the Dodd-Frank bill and all that has implemented what we've had to implement. And one of the other things, just to give people some history, um, I can think of a couple of different things. But it it really all comes back to making sure that the consumer has the information that they need on time. What are some of the other things that we've had to implement? Like, for instance, the disclosures. And could you talk about some of the things that the Dodd-Frank bill has affected us in the last like eight or nine years? Well, it has been phased in. That's true. Very good point, Kevin. there was uh, a little bit over a year and a half ago the qualified mortgage ability to mm-hmm. repay and the whole idea I remember that, that. Yeah, it was a big deal too yes yeah. it was it was it was on its surface mm-hmm. that's true however when we really stopped and examined it at mortgage investors group and many other mortgage lenders i'm sure the real bottom line was all we had to do was do our job right, right, and, right, exactly. act, and actually look at uh, what is a customer's income, mm-hmm. what are their real debts. Oh, you have to actually look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! Past two thousand and eight, you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, and so just doing the things that um, a long-standing mortgage operations have always done is what's mm-hmm. really the bottom line for ability to repay mm-hmm. and uh, but it does help give consistency to the industry mm-hmm. and it does help the consumers have a certain amount of confidence that the information that they're being given is accurate mm-hmm. and the loan that they're being presented with is a good probable option for them mm-hmm. but we do want to help them shop and so one of the next phases that came about would uh, is the um, actually CFPB calls it know before you owe and know before you owe was the opportunity for consumers to have information about the loans and for us to have a more detail in the disclosures that we provide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the QM, just stepping back to that for a moment, because I remember it was, you know, one of those situations where you were all hands on deck and you were training and you were preparing everyone. And, you know, people, I think I remember it's amazing that people in, within the company, we were a little nervous about it because we didn't know what to expect. We didn't have all the information. And then once we dove into it and Kathy really shined a light on what this meant, it was like business as usual. Isn't that how you felt? Do you remember? Because that was only a year and a half ago. I know it. I know it's hard for you to remember that long. Yeah. I'm just kidding. But do you remember <laughs> the feelings that you had? It was a little bit of fear. There was fear. There was a lot of anxiety, anxiety. because we didn't understand exactly what the intention of the rule was. Mm-hmm. It sounded to me when I first explained it like they were just slapping us with regulation intended mm-hmm. to 
keep us from committing fraud. And of course, we've never done that. So I didn't understand why I was being penalized as a loan officer or as a manager or whatever, you know, in this rule Mm -hmm. that uh, assumed that I was being crooked. Right. But then when I when we started unwrapping it with the help of Kathy and Mm -hmm. Chrissy and Jesse, Mm -hmm. it started to make sense. And all of a sudden I said, wait, Mm -hmm. this is a good deal for the consumer. And hey, we can handle this. Yeah. And I mean, back in the day, if you look pre 2008, and this, there was a lot of companies that were not following the rules, and mm-hmm. they were, you know, basically miscalculating people's income, not checking people's income, not, you know, helping people understand whether they can or cannot qualify for it. And Kathy, you know, we want to make sure people qualify for mortgages, right? Oh, right. So uh, what's it. good for them is good for us. I mean, it really mm. works out well. We want customers to be happy, feel comfortable with the decisions that they make and the home that they purchase. We'd like for them to uh, tell their friends and family about uh, mm. the opportunities that MIG made possible for them. So we want it to be a good, positive experience. Yeah. And um, Mark, you know what my saying is about what fear stands for. <laughs> False <laughs> evidence appearing real. That's really the best <laughs> way to look at it because you're never going to find that things are as bad as they might seem on the surface. And so, you know, for people out there that don't even know what QM is or ability to repay and all of that, you know, we only touched on it, but feel free to call Mark or I. We would be more than happy to go over that with you if you're a realtor out there and you don't know what that means. And one of the things I explained, Kathy, that this three-day disclosure being, uh, the closing disclosure being issued three days before closing is kind of like on a refinance. And a lot of folks that are listening right now have refinanced their home through a mortgage. If you own a home and you've been in it for the last 10, 15 years, you probably refinanced it once, perhaps even twice, Mm -hmm. you know, through these periods of time. It's the same thing as a um, uh, you know a um, three day right of rescission. Mm-hmm. When yep, you close on true. the loan, you have to wait three days before the loan is finally dispersed and closed. Yeah, this is true. a reverse three day right of rescission. Right, exactly. It's giving you the no, three day right. option. Before before we tackle that too much, because we've got three, we want to do we want to cover a bunch of items. I wanted to just in the last four minutes of this segment, but Mark is absolutely right. It's very much like the rescission, the three day right of rescission. So it feels like this is actually what the way we should have been doing it all along, actually. But before we do get into that, I wanted to also talk about another thing that MIG has, which is different some, than some other companies. And then we're going to dive headfirst into this new regulation. But um, one of the things, Kathy, that you tackled within the first year that you started working here was the e-signature technology that MIG um, bought into. And it's very important because I think that consumers a lot of times maybe were unassuming or maybe they didn't understand the process. And one of the things that this did for us is gave us a portal to be able to make sure that our consumers were getting all the information. And we were doing that through a technology that is not all that new, but has been fine-tuned. So, you know, we have a great partner in Doc Magic, and we use these e-signatures. Can you talk about that and how that's really evolved our um, compliance and technology part? Absolutely. I agree with you. I think it was a great move for MIG to be a little forward thinking in the industry to uh, embrace that technology. It is made possible because of federal law. We're going to be Mm -hmm. talking about laws and regulations all day, but that's kind of the basis for a lot of the mortgage industry. And the ESON was a a regulation passed in 2000. It it is used in many, many different industries today. Uh, and with the the e-signature, it gives the customer, first of all, the customer has to consent. They have mm-hmm. to be willing to participate in the electronic viewing and uh, signing of the documents. Uh, 
we give them the opportunity to link to a secure portal that has only their information. They can determine the um, access through a passcode mm-hmm. type of situation. And there they have the opportunity to review each and every document that has to do with disclosing details and information about the mortgage loan that they're undertaking. Mm-hmm. They can select their own font so mm-hmm. the uh, signature right. can be unique to them. That's right. And uh, then that date and time stamps it, stamps mm-hmm. that signature, and they can complete it in uh, as quick a time frame as they want if they get interrupted they can put it on pause and come back to it when it's convenient for them but that really helps uh, the information be at their disposal at their own time frame but in most cases it really helps expedite the transaction as well because we have had some customers that have gone through a package of disclosures in a 30-minute time frame right. so um, it really brings a lot of opportunities to us and our customers I, I think you're right and the, the reason that I love it so much is because when in in this world that we live in where we have to make sure that we are getting information to the borrower and not just for um, our loan officers, but from an, you and Chrissy and Jesse from an executive staff, you have to do your part in making sure that our loan officers have the right tools. It true, makes it true. very easy for people like Mark and his team to be able to do their job from a compliance standpoint and make sure that the consumer ultimately has all the information. And I know that you guys love it. We love what we have technology-wise. And so those are two of the big things that Kathy has tackled in her um, time period here at MIG. And so next, when we get back, we're going to tackle the biggest thing that we've tackled in the last probably eight or nine years, and and that is this new trib rule that we spoke about. So why don't you guys come back with us after these messages and join us for this exciting conversation. We'll be right back. Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. The wonderful melody of this song is really nice. <laughs> Thank you guys for, for joining. Is that Mariah Carey? Yeah, I love I Mariah so. Carey. That's my wife's all-time favorite artist. Anyway, we're glad to have you back in the Housing Hour presented by Mortgage Investors Group. Thank you guys for joining us, and we are excited to have you. And don't forget to go to thehousinghour.com and learn more about um us mortgage investors group and also mark does also um, birthday parties as well so you can register for that if you'd like to have <laughs> only if you show up with the balloons <laughs> okay i will i do balloon animals so that's fine um we're talking with kathy newbert who is one of our uh, senior vice presidents director of operations and she has been instrumental in helping mortgage investors group kind of move into a place that we are in now which is uh, important because we want to make sure our consumers know everything about their transaction well in advance of getting their disclosures and what to expect and you know know before you owe and all of those things that the CFPB um, has stood for. Um, before we do dive into that, I mentioned about the electronic signatures and we might have had some listeners say, well, I'm not going to do that because I don't even have a computer. And so I understand that, but we have many means. We don't have to do the electronic signature. If you don't have a computer, if you don't have email, that's fine. Don't worry about that because we have the old traditional way of doing it for those people who don't want to put their information online, even though it's a very secure portal and there is no issues with it, it's locked down secure. 
but we do have those non-traditional or those traditional ways of doing it. And you know, we have a lot of customers like that. Absolutely. And we, we want to cater to everyone. Absolutely. And whatever their comfort level, we can help them. Absolutely. We'll do whatever you need for us to do. So with that being said, let's tackle a little bit more about TRID because the one thing that has changed about TRID and what we do is that normally when we disclosed to our consumer, we would give them a good faith estimate and a truth in lending disclosure. Those were two different forms that we would disclose three day, within three days after application. So one of the things that this does, and we'll talk about the closing disclosure in just a minute, but one of the things that this does is combine those two forms into one form so that instead of you, the consumer, receiving two different disclosures, it's now being put on one form so that you can have all of the information on one form. Kathy, talk us through the changes there. What, why did they do that, and what does this new form have? Well, the new form, the loan estimate, which tells you everything a lot mm -hmm. right there, mm -hmm. it is all about the loan. Mm -hmm. It lets the consumer know what to expect in the transaction, and I think that um, it's very common to want to know, what will my monthly payment be, and how much is it going to cost me to buy this house? I mean, those are pretty basic things. Mm -hmm. And the new form answers those questions. Mm -hmm. um, our traditional or existing good faith estimate, as you know, uh, has information, but not pointedly to those particular points that a customer is really interested in. Uh, it uh, breaks down the monthly payment, helps them know how much taxes and insurance will be, whether it's a part of their monthly payment or whether it, it is not. Mm -hmm. uh, lets them know differences in things like whether the interest rate could adjust during the term of the loan or whether it's a fixed rate. Helps them have an itemization of all the various co costs and fees, mm -hmm. as well as the amount of the down payment they've selected, any items or amounts that the seller might pay, or credits mm -hmm. from the lender. Mm -hmm. All of those elements come down to a bottom line. Mm -hmm. What's the cash required to close? And that's yeah. right on the closing um, loan estimate that mm -hmm. gives an estimate upfront before the closing so the customer is informed well ahead of time. Now, before I, I unpack even further, that's taking two regulations, really, and putting it into one form, right? That's Th true. That's a, that's a pretty big step for a government to do and mm -hmm. do it in this such a, a, a kind of a fine way, right? That's true, it is. Yeah. Uh, both uh, RESPA, the Real Estate Settlement Procedures Act, and the Truth in Lending, the Truth in, uh, mm -hmm. uh, which it has been longstanding. Truth in Lending's been around since the 1970s, as well as RESPA. Mm -hmm. So these two regulations have long almost been in conflict with each mm -hmm. other, but because they provide different levels of information and present these numbers in different ways. Mm -hmm. So as lenders, we've constantly been balancing trying to provide everything that the customer needs, but, right. but then answer these common questions. Yeah. So um, we find that this That's new a big step, I think. It is, it mm -hmm. is, to put those two together. And the CFPB and the new regulation, Dodd-Frank, that you mentioned, puts a little more emphasis on the truth and lending aspect because mm. they, I think they feel that's our obligation to the customer yeah. is to uh, be truthful and, and be forthright and provide all of this information. For those out there who don't understand what the truth and lending disclosure totally understand, there's a lot of information and we understand that we're, we may not be speaking in terms of how you can understand it, but just to give you an idea, they talk about you know, when the sticker shock, I guess you would say, for lack of a better way of putting it, um, the TILA form, the, the truth and lending, gives you what it is that you're going to pay over the life of the loan. And then it itemizes for you the finance charges and closing.
closing costs. And so it puts it in a way so that you can say, oh, okay, here's what it costs with the all-weather mats and all of that stuff. Yeah, right. and it expresses it in an interest rate form. Mm -hmm. So you can right, compare right, it right. to what your payment rate is. So mm -hmm. if you call and you're talking payment rate, because that's really the bottom line. Mm -hmm. How much is my payment? Well, that's based on your interest rate. That's right. what everybody wants. But this kind of compares it to, well, what are the other costs associated with the loan? And it, what does that do to that payment rate? And it expresses it in what we call an APR. That's exactly right. I couldn't have said it better myself. I think <laughs> I don't know that I said that. Did I say that? You yeah. did it. You're right. Brett. Yeah. So Very good. like that, that's the whole idea of what the CFPB is trying to help you with is that know before you owe and they want you to be able to go to, you know, mortgage investors group and then go to ABC mortgage and say, oh, okay, here, here's what, you know, mortgage investors group APR is. Here's what ABC mortgages APR is, oh, MIG is lower, so I'm going to go with them or whatever the case yeah, may be. Yeah, and then somebody might say, well, look, they're offering me a very low interest rates, lower than yours. Right. But when you look at the uh, APR, the APR is higher than ours. Right. They've added some fees in there that you, you know, you exactly. didn't see. Exactly. So that's, that was the intent of the APR and the uh, till. Mm -hmm. and, and it really works well for consumers because anybody can quote you an interest rate, okay? Right. And you have to know what the interest rate is. Certainly that's important. But you also need to know what the APR is as well because to Mark's point, they could charge you what we call discount points that mm -hmm. might do something to your closing cost. And for those of you who just are confused by this whole thing, that's why we are here. Call Mark, call Kevin. We'll be happy to explain it to you, give you more information about it. Um, and we'll, we're here really to help. And really, Kathy, this whole form and everything takes exactly what Kevin and I have been talking about and reduce it down to really the most understandable form that the government's ever produced as far as mortgage loans. Would you agree with I that? I absolutely agree with that, Mark. Yes, it is very understandable, very well laid out. As a matter of fact, the CFPB did focus groups with consumers in order to come up with the format that we're mm -hmm. using today. Uh, they, I think there were like 800 different consumers that were uh, presented with various options mm -hmm. and ask various questions, and they examined uh, line by line, item by item. And so there was consumer input that helped create this particular form. And integrating, not only do we have the itemization of the fees, but there is a page also on the loan estimate that provides the APR that you mm -hmm. were talking about. But it's all in one form rather than multiple sheets of paper right. and multiple documents. That's good. Now, another thing, too, we only have a few moments left in this segment, but we'll tackle this on the other side of the break. But you spoke about it, and I'm going to emphasize it. In the current environment until October 3rd, your good faith estimate, what it does not provide to you, and this is shocking, I know, it does not give you what the cash to close is. So you're looking at the good faith estimate, and you have no idea what the cash to close is. Furthermore, you don't even know what your payment is. does not give you a payment on the good faith right. estimate. You would have to have like a calculator and you would have to have, you know, a cup of coffee to be able to determine what the payment is. I mean, I'm kidding, but that's kind of the way it is. And then the till, which is the other form that we're combining with the good faith to make the loan estimate, the till is where you would have to go to find out kind of what your payment is because that's where it would be laid out. So you have all these, you know, forms and these, you don't even have your monthly payment and all that. So that's another reason. And Kathy mentioned it for this to be a good thing for our consumers. So we're running out of time in this, this segment, but when we come back, we want to tackle also, what could you as a consumer, what do you, what should you expect? Also realtors, what, what should you expect? What might be some ways or some things that you can do to help a lender 
and make this a thing that we can really expedite and make sure that we understand how we're going to get to the closing table. And we'll learn all of that right after these messages right here on The Housing Hour. Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. Minute by minute, we are bringing information to you right here, right now. Thank you for joining us. Presented by Mortgage Investors Group, MIGonline.com. Give us a shout and we'll take care of you. Um, go to our website. You can find all of our branches throughout the state. And we'd love to partner with you and give you the information that you need um, to help you realize your American dream. Equal housing lender, 1091.11. <laughs> okay, well, back in here in the housing hour with Kathy Newbert from Mortgage Investors Group. And Mark, our co-host extraordinaire um, and executive producer, we want to thank you guys for joining us. Excited to have you. And don't forget to go to thehousinghour.com to learn more about us um, and share this show with friends, family, and uh, realtors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, all of the above. So um, when we were leaving the break a moment ago, we were talking about maybe what are some things that a realtor would need to know and a consumer would need to know. And I wanted to just give you guys some basic things and then we'll have uh, Mark and Kathy jump in here. But some of the things that people would want to know, you know, realtors are concerned and I hear it all the time, you know, well, what's going to happen? Because one of the big changes, and let's talk about the big change, is we talked about the loan estimate and the closing disclosure. I mean, the, the loan estimate, and that's what the new form is, and that's combining the good faith estimate and the truth in lending disclosure into one, which is now the loan estimate, LE for short. And then the other big change that we want to talk about is the closing disclosure. Because currently in our current environment until October 3rd, there is a HUD-1 settlement statement, which is what the title companies create in conjunction and collaboration even with our, our mortgage companies. And then it is given to the consumer and you see that at closing, hopefully before closing, but you see it at closing and it's what has everything itemized. It's kind of like when you go to get your oil changed and they give that receipt to you and it says, oh, here's all the things that we did. You know, it's kind of like mm -hmm. I get confused with that. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> well, I'm like, wait a minute, you didn't do that. But anyway, but it's, it's something that, and you sit around the closing table. For those of you who have purchased or refinanced, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You sit around the, the conference table with your, you know, real with your attorney, your you know closing agent and so forth, and the sellers, and you guys all look over this form. So that's what we currently do. It's called the HUD one settlement statement. So the change as a part of what we're talking about, the TRID, is that this this closing disclosure has been refined. It has been um, basically made so that it is more easily read by a consumer and it's very 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 streamlined so kathy first before we dive in a little bit more can you give us an overview of what the closing disclosure did the closing disclosure mm -hmm. as you said combines two existing forms but more than that it speaks to first of all recapping the mm -hmm. loan the information that was in the loan estimate mm -hmm. is recapped and mm -hmm. uh, laid out again for the consumer. It's easy to compare against what they thought they were getting. Did mm -hmm. they? Is the payment roughly the same? 
are my taxes and insurance included in my payment? If so, what is my total payment? That type of thing. And then a breakdown of the closing costs, the various loan charges that might be involved with uh, the lender, with the legal side for mm -hmm. the title insurance, the um, closing fees, making sure that their deed gets to the courthouse to be recorded after mm -hmm. it's been signed and notarized. Uh, the courthouse has taxes for being able to uh, receive that deed to make it legal and official. Uh, all of those are itemized. And then if anything was negotiated in the contract to purchase the house that the seller might pay for, such as a home inspection mm -hmm. or um, at the appraisal fee, or even possibly some of the closing costs, which mm -hmm. can be negotiated with your realtor. And so anything from that contract or transactional fees and charges will be itemized on that closing statement, uh, closing disclosure as well. Mm -hmm. And that closing disclosure then gives one bottom line, of the cash required to close, and that's the amount the cashier's check is written for mm -hmm. to come to the closing. The customer needs this ahead of time. So that's why the regulation calls for that to be provided from the lender mm -hmm. to the consumer three days before the closing. That doesn't mean things may not change. You right. know, there's every possibility that uh, there's some things about the contract that haven't quite all come together yet. Mm -hmm. um, another invoice shows up at the last minute, um, mm -hmm. or somebody was out of town and couldn't provide it in mm -hmm. that timeline. So minor changes can still take place. Mm -hmm. So uh, there could be a revised closing disclosure available to the consumer either the day before closing or possibly even at the closing itself. Yeah. That does not delay things. Right. And I mean, that's such a good that's point. That's a great point. Because guess what? <laughs> right now, if your APR goes up more than an eighth, we're not closing the next day anyway, currently in this environment. So that's one of the things that this new rule does make require, but that's what we're currently doing. So that's just an example, but these are the three reasons why you might have to reset your three-day waiting period. Number one, if your APR increases more than an eighth of a percentage point on a fixed rate loan or a quarter of a point on an adjustable rate loan. And That's number one. Right. That is number one. And as we talked about the APR and the truth in lending a few minutes ago mm -hmm. in the earlier segment, lender fees and charges are the items that are primarily there to make up an APR. Mm -hmm. Well, at MIG, we really want to know your transaction is solid and ready to move forward. Mm -hmm. So we really uh, find ourselves uh, in a seldom ever in a position right. that the APR might increase uh, to those tolerances right. uh, to perhaps create a delay. In today's world, mm -hmm. we have to examine that and make sure that our initial disclosures are within that range of the final numbers, again, for the customer's right. comfort. There has to be kind of a cooling off period, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. that just totally mm -hmm. makes sense. The consumer needs to receive a new closing disclosure because there's been a huge change. And this is not just for MIG, this is across the board. And so it just makes sense that a consumer would receive if their APR before closing went up that much compared to what they were given as an estimate. They, Something's wrong. There's something wrong. Mm -hmm. I mean, they need have to have time to pump the brakes right. and say, oh, okay, is this still what I want to do? Okay, yes, it is. Because like you like you mentioned, it's very seldom that this happens. Right. I mean, it's true. I don't even, you know, it just doesn't happen that often. And when it does, something has really broke, has, has messed up. And in, in the past, the yeah. reason this has been in place, there has been uns unscrupulous lenders mm -hmm. that will add 
or increase the interest rate Absolutely. at closing. When you're at your most vulnerable, you mm -hmm. have to close. You've got the pressure of the moving van sitting outside, mm -hmm. and they're trying to pressure you to close. They jack up the interest rate. They add the discount points, and you're hosed yeah. right there. You're hosed. That's right. And you got the mother-in-law out in the U-Haul. Yeah. And you're like, well, just let's, let's get close. Let's, let's just go. do this. So this this backs it up, and this stops. I that. don't know where that came from. Yeah. Well, it's a good point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it stops that from occurring. Yeah. That's a very good point. Um. So that's the number one thing, and. The number two thing is the addition of a prepayment penalty, which guess what? Not going to happen at MIG. <laughs> not <right>. at all. <laughs> we do not have prepayment penalties. And if your lender has a prepayment penalty and they add that, then they'll have to reissue a new closing disclosure and wait for three days. I, that's never, ever, ever going to happen at Mortgage Investors Group. Stake your life on it, Kevin? I stake, stake my your, life on absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. But that is number two. And then number three changes in program type, such as moving from a fixed rate interest rate, fixed interest rate to an adjustable rate. So Kathy, talk about that because that's where a big myth is, I think, amongst realtors. Oh, I agree 100%. Mm. And mm. even in some other financial institutions that mm -hmm, are out there mm -hmm. today, uh, Mark's heard conversations and we have all across oh, yeah. the state mm -hmm. that uh, a lot of uh, understanding is wrong mm -hmm. in that a lot of people think that if we go from a conventional loan to uh, a government insured loan such as an FHA or VA guaranteed loan which all of those are offered in MIG and the customer if one is better for the customer than the other then fine we want to be able to accommodate that mm -hmm. but that is still a fixed rate loan so right. the customer is not going to be faced with major changes in the repayment of the obligation if they go from one of those types of fixed rate loans. Mm -hmm. So really what the CFPB uh, requires is that if it goes from adjustable rate to a fixed rate or fixed rate to an interest only, mm -hmm. you know, if there are variations for the repayment of the obligation, then that's when the consumer needs to be able to have that additional time. Cooling off period. You got it <laughs> yeah. to understand all the details and, and finish their decision. But Mark, I mean, out there in the real world, you're rarely ever going to have somebody three days before closing say, oh, we need to go FHA. Yeah, that would be unusual. It happens. It does happen. It, no, it, it happens. Does. But uh, that would be, you know, I, I would say more than that we didn't do a really good job at identifying the needs of the customers mm -hmm. on the front end. That's right. Or there could be another reason, I'm just throwing this out there, it took forever to get the home inspection back, then it took longer to get the yeah. appraisal back, and the FHA appraisal had some stuff that we just couldn't go FHA. Definitely reasons and, and, and for then, this to happen. You know, so I'm not saying it couldn't happen, but MIG, I'm telling you folks, we really want to watch out for your best interest. And that is what we've done for 26 years. And I'll stake my life on that. Mm -hmm. We're never going to do something that is going to hurt the borrower. We're going to always give you what information you need to make an educated decision. And so I just want you to know that we care about you and your family and the realtors that are listening. We care about your clients. We're in this for life. We're not going to try to do something crazy. And these regulations are meant to help with more transparency for the borrower, more transparency for the transaction, and ultimately it is to help you. So we're going to wrap this up after these, after these messages and talk to you just quickly about what you can expect from Mortgage Investors Group. We'll be right back after these messages.
The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. My question is, do you have high-heeled sneakers? That's really my question. And if you do, give us a call. 1-800-489-8910 because I'd like to talk to you about those high-heeled sneakers. Anyway, welcome back into the Housing Hour. Thank you guys for joining us. We're here with Mark Griffith and Kathy Newbert, both from Mortgage Investors Group, and Mark is our co-host extraordinaire. Thank you guys for spending this time with us, and we hope it's been helpful. Um, in our last segment, we only have four minutes left, but we did want to just unpack or finish unpacking and kind of put a bow on this. And um, I think the overwhelming theme of this this whole show, and hopefully our past TRID shows, is to try to explain and give you the information to say, hey, this is actually a good thing. Honestly, this is something that's going to help our consumers. And there's a, I tell you what I love about it, Kathy, is there's a continuity of information from the time of the loan application to the closing. In the past, we used to give a good faith estimate, what we call preliminary estimate of fees, followed by this uh, settlement or a um, good faith estimate issued by the government that was not anything like what we gave them as far as their estimate of fees. Mm -hmm. Then we went to closing with a settlement statement called a HUD-1 with lines and numbers on it that made no sense. There was no continuity of information from day one to the last day. This one wraps it all up in a nice bow, don't you think? I agree. Uh, Absolutely. Those various forms that you talked about that we deal with today for mortgage loans and uh, other types of transactions do have all the same bits and pieces of information, but you pretty much have to know how to put them together in order to be able to match it up and to know uh, where the continuity, as you mentioned, uh, exists. But with the new forms that we'll be using for residential home loans as of October 3rd, uh, it's they look the same and they're laid out in a very similar manner and it would just be so much easier for a customer to readily identify that information and the timeline that we've talked about they'll have to be able to digest Mm -hmm. all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me mention though that if someone is looking at a reverse equity mortgage or a home equity line of credit, Mm The new forms we've talked about today will not be applicable to those types of transactions. That's true. So it's, it's only for, like you mentioned, um, single family. Well, it doesn't matter that, but it's only for loans that fall upon FHA conventional. I mean, all of the types of loans except for home equity line of credits and the reverse mortgage. Yes, right? that's right. That's right. And we love reverse mortgages. We've had shows on it. We love to do them. We do, and our not, customers love them. They do. They love them. Um, and, and that's a good point. We and sound like Donald Trump. <laughs> they love us. They <laughs> love us. Absolutely. <laughs> they do. I didn't know Donald Trump's name was going to be mentioned on Joy 620, but that's okay. Um, anyway. It just seemed fitting. One of the other things, too, for people that are out there listening and they think, well, I don't understand you're talking about this cooling off period and things like that. We cannot increase fees from the time that we give you a good faith estimate to the time that we get to the HUD-1 settlement statement in today's environment. Even currently in our current environment, it cannot exceed certain thresholds. So that's another protection that the consumers have, right, Kathy? Absolutely right. Mm -hmm. So that's zero tolerance, no Mm -hmm. increase. We have to do a good faith determination of what will be applicable to their transaction with the loan estimate up front. And then those may not change Mm -hmm. as of the closing disclosure. And there are more types of fees and charges that the lender is responsible for. Anything the customer cannot shop for, 
then we have to guarantee that that's what the cost will be, unless mm-hmm. there's a major change or right. the customer requests some kind of change that would be the basis for it. But mm-hmm. it would be very unusual situations that would be clearly described to the customer that it should change. Well, that makes total sense to me. I mean, if you cannot shop for it, then we're going to say, we'll guarantee that because mm-hmm. you can't shop for it. The things that you can shop for, there's still a tolerance level if they use one of the people in, in on our list so there's all kinds of protections for the consumer inside of this regulation, and that's a good thing. That yes. is a good thing. Yes, there's no doubt about it. So don't run from trid, right? Keep that's on trading. Keep yeah. on trading. That's, that's right. right. Yeah. You stole the words right out of her mouth. <laughs> well, guys, we want to thank Kathy. We want to thank Mark and Dave, our producer. We want to thank Mortgage Investors Group, MIGonline.com. Thank you guys for joining us, and we hope that we've added a little bit of value to your day. And you can share this with friends and family. Maybe you have a realtor friend and you find this might be helpful to them. We'd love for you to share it with them as well. But more importantly, we want to see you next time right here on The Housing Hour. That's The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray for today. Join Kevin and his guests each week at this time to keep up with the why and why not you need to know, so come here to find out. This show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group.